0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: What's up everybody. This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com H a W G sports.com. A lot of big stuff happening in the past week. You had uh, the SEC deciding to go to a 10-game conference-only schedule. We'll talk about that. And we're just a few days, just four days away from the start of fall camp for Arkansas and the rest of the teams in, the, I guess, the country. I guess everybody's starting up. And then Isaiah Joe announced that he's coming back. Today's actually the deadline for colleges for them to announce that they're coming back. But uh, he did it over the weekend, so that was big news, obviously. And Arkansas also got a nice commitment in Bryce Stevens, a speedy wide receiver out of Oklahoma we're going to talk about that. Keith Grayson is also going to join us give us a little bit of a fan perspective all that and more on Hog Sports live. And as always, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can of course Always tune in live on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Interact with the video. Throw us a thumbs up or an emoji or something like that if you like the content. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to throw us a like on there as well. And subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video. Also available on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to have a five-star review from us. Certainly boost our channel whenever we get five-star reviews. So if you like the content, uh, please throw us one of those. And also share it with somebody else if you think they might like it. Grassroots it and help us get the word out about the show. Also available on Spotify Stitcher anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Right now, HogSports.com is 50% off. This is kind of our regular, you know, heading into to camp promotion. And it's a really good deal. I mean, it's it's obviously half off. It breaks down to like 15 cents a day. I'm not sure what else you can get for 15 cents a day. Not a lot. I know you can't you can't get a gumball out of the machine for 15 cents. So if you like the stuff that we do for free, if you like what we do on Drive Time, on the Hog Hustle, what I've done on the Walk and Talk, what Danny does on Out of Bounds, then come see what we have behind the curtains for our VIP subscribers. We promise you won't be disappointed. Again, 15 cents a day breaks down to $1. three a week, four forty-eight a month. You'd be glad you did if you haven't signed up already. Okay, now that we got that out of the way. A lot of interesting stuff going on. So, right now, Hunter Yurachek says he's about 90-10 on the optimistic side that we will have college football. As we know, the SEC has agreed to go to a 10-game SEC-only slate. How that looks, we don't know yet. We don't know. Um, obviously, there's Kentucky, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Georgia, and Florida for the two games they could use to replace uh, the, uh, the two vacant spots for Arkansas. I thought Bud Elliott came up with a great idea, and it was to kind of balance out the way the schedules are already. Arkansas already having the toughest schedule in the Western Division, largely because they don't have to play Arkansas. They don't have to play themselves. But to balance it out, make everything completely equal for everybody based on his formula, that would give Arkansas, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina. I think we'd take that. Randy Rainwater said they should go in pods and play the closest teams, which I think would end up being Vanderbilt and Kentucky. If you go to if you go to a look where it's the two teams that are up next in the rotation, Arkansas plays Georgia next year, so Georgia would be in there. So anyway, Bud Elliott's got a really interesting breakdown on it. He, he does it for every team in the SEC. He's our one of our national college football writers personalities. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. So I guess we're going to find out a lot here. August 7th, start of fall camp. I mean, guys are going to be pushing and shoving, breathing heavy, talking, shouting. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And I'm not sure what kind of access we're going to be granted yet uh, in the media, but hopefully we get some type of access to watch some practice standing on the sidelines, maybe in the stadium spread out. I'm not sure how they'll do press conferences. Maybe it'll be Zoom only. I don't know how you do press conferences in the media room that we have. It's, it's not big enough for everybody to, to social distance. So, Also, we got to mention the season's been pushed back to September 26th. So they'll still start fall camp on August 7th. It just won't be like the normal six-day-a-week grind that it typically is. They'll probably spread it out. They haven't said how they're going to do it, but I could see them doing something maybe more like they did in spring and then maybe picking it up a little bit more later. But in the spring, you usually go every other day, usually like go a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. In fall camp, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday's the off day. And they do it for three straight weeks. It's it's a grind. So you can't necessarily do that if you're going to push the season back three weeks also and just double up in camp. You can't really – you just completely burn them out if you do it that way. Isaiah Joe's coming back. I mean, I think you probably went back and forth, if you're like me, and whether you know you thought he was gonna go pro versus not go pro, but he is coming back. I've said this before, this is going to be the best Arkansas basketball team in at least six years and possibly the last quarter century. It's got a chance. I mean, it's deep. And it also stinks. Abiyami Ieola was injured, tore his ACL. He'll be out for the season. That really stinks. I mean, to go from transferring from Stetson to Arkansas, having to sit out the entire season due to transfer rules, and then when workouts start up, you tear your ACL. Thoughts with him, I mean, hopefully he pulls it out and, uh, and is able to return the next year. But I know that's that's got to be, I mean, to work that hard and then all of a sudden it's just everything's taken away. It's tough. So right now CBS Sports has come out with their 25 plus one. I'm not sure why they do the plus one. But they come out with their 25 plus one. They've updated it since Isaiah Joe has announced he's returning. Right now Arkansas is ranked 24th in the country on the 25 plus one. It's a nice breakdown on there. I mean, it's a deep team, guys. I mean, I look at this roster and like trying to put together a roster, a starting lineup, has been, I think, a lot of fun. I mean, I think I would go right now. I would go Jalen Tate starting. I would go Isaiah Joe at the two, Moses Moody at the three. Justin Smith at the four and Connor Van over at the five. That would be my starting lineup, and then you got like Devo, KK, Vance, Jackson, Jalen Williams. Probably is your next group of guys, but I'm excited about Razorback basketball. I just hope that everything works out. I mean, we don't know what's going to go with. I mean, like there's going to be. Outbreaks. people are going to get, continue to get coronavirus. I just wonder what people are going to say in terms of the executives, the brass are going to say like when there is a situation on a team like with the Miami Marlins. Like are they like, whoa, we got to stop this. What are we doing? Or are they like going into this, there's going to be outbreaks, you know? I do think a lot of the research says with therapeutics, and that seems to be going in the right direction, maybe by then we have some of this. I know some of the stuff uh, that they were talking about, having 300,000 vials of the bioengineered convalescent plasma, as many as 300,000 vials by the end of the summer, the start of of the fall. I mean, to me it's always been like the vaccines, that's great. They're not going to be ready in time for like football, but – The more we learn about it, and the more therapeutics and stuff, and this again, you know, just stuff I'm reading from from doctors and scientists, uh, I think that's encouraging. I think that's our way to where, like, you do get it, and you know, there's medication, you're going to be okay most likely, and especially these young guys. These young people are definitely less susceptible to dying. It doesn't mean there's not cases where they do. All right. Bryce Stevens, this one came out of nowhere, people. Six-foot, 170-pound wide receiver on Sunday decided to come out to Arkansas. And, like, literally it surprised everybody. I mean, Arkansas was in the mix for him, but um, he's, a, he's a fast guy. There's some people that say he's like a legit four three guy. I haven't seen that clocking on him, but everybody says, you know, just how fast he is. Ranked the number 531 overall prospect in the country the number 86 wide receiver, and the number 11 recruit in the state of Oklahoma for 2021. Had a John Marshall in Oklahoma City. Nice offer list. Some schools record, recruiting him at wide receiver. Some schools recruiting him at cornerback. Arkansas wanted him at wide receiver. You also had offers from Arizona, Arizona State, Baylor, Colorado, Iowa State, Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, Oklahoma State, TCU, Syracuse, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Texas Tech, Washington State, and Kansas did not offer. It's like Kansas offers everybody. But for some reason, they're listed on here, and they're the only name that's not listed as being offered, as offering him. Anyway, another nice commitment. I think that brings Arkansas to 18 commitments in the class. This was a Justin Step target. Number 27 ranked class in the country right now. Number nine in the SEC. That's six players from the state of Oklahoma. Five players in the top 13 in Oklahoma. And I don't believe the kicker, uh, Cameron Little, I don't believe he's listed, although he's the number three ranked player in the country at kicker. And, yeah, he's not not ranked in the state of Oklahoma as a kicker, but he's a three-star. But he would be ranked because his rating suggests he should be in the top. I don't know why he's not listed. Maybe they just don't list kickers. But anyway, commitment list starting to come together nicely. Again, that is 18 commitments, number 27 in the ranked class nationally, number nine in the SEC. It's been an interesting interesting way to go, I mean, like evaluating prospects and, and recruiting when you haven't been able to have recruits on campus. And according to Hunter Yurchak, he doesn't think there's going to be recruits on campus for the rest of the year. He thinks the de- – so the dead period ends at the end of the month. And typically – you know, they will have announced something around now, and we should probably look out for that when they're gonna extend the dead period. But right now the dead period ends on August 31st, but it should be pushed out to December 31st most likely. And in that case, you're, you're gonna see the early signing period also eliminated probably, um, maybe even push back the February date some, because you've gotta allow these recruits to make informed decisions, actually get on campus, visit the campuses. You're going to see a lot of decommitments all throughout college football once they open up official visits and unofficial visits. You're going to see a lot. It'll be interesting to see how that's all structured. So as far as official scholarship offers, those were able to be sent out at 12.01 a.m. on August 1st. So a lot of people don't realize that, but – when official offers go out i mean like anytime any of these recruits up until now that have reported an arkansas scholarship offer or we've reported an arkansas scholarship offer all of them are verbal they're all we want to offer you a scholarship you know um and i I'm, i've never been a big fan of that i like the official offers I, th- i think that they should remove this rule where You have to wait till August 1st to make an official offer. And then always make an official offer. If you want to offer somebody, a recruit should be able to say, can you put that in writing, coach? You know, there's been so much. Like one of the things people make fun of a lot is when somebody offers an eighth grader, and it's ridiculous, and it means nothing. I talked to a guy at the NCAA one time about why this is allowed. Like why shouldn't they be able to send out official scholarship offers? Wouldn't that stop, you know, an eighth grader getting offered. And uh, the answer he gave me was kind of like they were looking out for the school more. Like, you know, it shouldn't, the school shouldn't have to honor a scholarship to an acre. Like it would stop them from making the offer in the first place. I don't, I just don't get it. Like you schools throughout the country offer kids just to stay in the game well before they ever have a chance to fully properly evaluate the recruit. They will send an offer to them. Okay. And it doesn't mean anything except for it's a way to stay in the game because the recruit will cut you. He will start trimming his list, top ten, top five, before you've even had a chance to evaluate him. So you have to send out these offers. You're put in a situation where you're forced to tell a recruit that he has an offer even though you may not entirely mean it. And I'm not just talking about Arkansas here. I'm talking about everybody throughout the country uh, are forced to do this. Trying to get in first with somebody, all that kind of stuff. But you know who – is really desired by a school when they get an official scholarship offer. And there's a running list. Danny West has it on hog sports. And just an update on Danny, everything is moving in the right direction still. Uh, They had their baby, uh, Mason Lynn, a little bit early, about a month early, I guess. Uh, But everything's been moving in the right direction there. So certainly glad to see that.
0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: All right. Arkansas testing protocols moving forward. What we're going to start seeing is during this time is weekly testing. And then not just like if you have symptoms and stuff, you'll see like weekly mandatory testing. And then as we move into the season, you're going to see the 72-hour PCR test, which is the nasal swab uh, that's supposed to be the gold standard. Uh, you'll see that 72 hours, and then right before competition, like the night before or the the morning of, you'll see the rapid response test. There's been some research that that suggests these PCR tests are like too accurate. Like the the uh, the uh, what is it called? <laughs> I just think the quick action, act, the rapid response, the rapid response tests there's and again i'm I'm not a scientist I'm reading you know this is what this guy from Harvard is saying uh, that the rapid response tests that were initially dismissed because they weren't as accurate they weren't picking up the same things as the PCR test, according to him, what they are picking up though is when you are contagious, which is really the most important thing when you're contagious. so if the active response test or the rapid response test is Maybe not as accurate, but it's picking up when you're most con- when you're actually contagious. That to me is a lot better than a PCR test that takes a, a long time to get back and picks up like just traces of when you're still contagious or excuse me when you still have the virus. I'm all over the place. I mean, if you have the virus and you're not contagious, then I mean that's pretty much like just not having the virus, isn't it? And they're finding that is it's more narrow when you are contagious. So hopefully more comes about with that, and uh, and we find out a lot more. But I do think these rapid response tests uh, are our ticket to you know getting back in schools uh, if all this stuff does bear out to be true. Like getting back, getting kids back in school, you can take a test that morning, you can go to school, you know, you can find out right then with relative accuracy if you um, you know if you have coronavirus even if they're not quite as accurate. You take one one day, you take one the next day. You're bound to get <laughs> a correct answer on that. And again, it's about mitigating. You're even even with this, you know, you're going to miss some so cuz it's not going to be like 100% accurate. So, but you're still going to mitigate the spread. And again, we are stuck with this thing for the foreseeable future. It's about, it's got to be about mitigating. And that's the same thing with uh, you know, with coming back playing football trying to get it in the in the safest way possible, but you're never going to be 100% safe. You're not going to be 100% safe getting on an airplane, um, getting your mail, going out to eat, none of that. You're not, no matter if you're wearing the mask, if you're practicing social distancing, you're constantly washing your hands, using sanitizer, all of those things, you're still going to be susceptible if you do any of that stuff. The goal can't be to try to stop everybody in the world from getting coronavirus. It's got to be to try to limit it. To try to be as safe as possible to not overwhelm hospitals. All right. I want to get to my buddy Keith Grayson. It's been a little while since we've had Keith on the show, but he brings a unique fan perspective. I want to see what his thoughts are about football, all of those types of things. I might be a little early on him. He's probably not ready. It's a lot earlier in Arizona. What's up, Hey man, how you doing?
3: Oh, uh, just another day in paradise.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while since we had you on the show. You've been too busy.
3: Yeah, I know. I've been uh, I've been actually helping my community, getting out and doing things yeah. instead of sitting on the Twitter Twitter sphere and talking about it.
1: I saw you were handing out laptop tops at your high school.
3: Who would have thought that uh, <laughs> me? as a juvenile delinquent and graduating high school with a 1.7 GPA after I made a 3.5 my senior year to bring that up, um, and it was essentially like a derelict, would now be back in the school system volunteering to hand out laptops during a pandemic, which, you know. I think, that,
1: I think that fits the mold, party. Keith, of a lot of people who were juvenile delinquents who... Age recognized, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people in that that do that kind of work, you know, didn't have uh, <laughs> did. Not, not that you had it extremely hard, but you know what I mean. So, moving on, I wanted to get your perspective, Keith, on the new ten game schedule, conference only, and fall camp starting up this week. What are your thoughts on everything? And for those who don't know, Keith works in real estate. He's a longtime, obviously Razorback fan. Originally from Arkansas, lives in Arizona now. Also is a uh, high school football coach on the side. So, um, what what are your thoughts? And, and what is what what is Arizona? what is does what does your season look like?
3: Well, uh, as for the SEC, here's my thing, and I know that I, I let me get this out front too. And I've said this on a numerous episodes of the podcast is like, I'm like a political. I just, I have a blanket hatred for every politician. Cause I think they're the same. Um, and I think that the NCAA falls under a political thing for me because I hate them too. <laughs> yeah. The what? So let's just call it. What it is at the top of every structure that we have in this country, whether it's a federal government, or the NCAA, they had an opportunity, in, in hindsight, to go back and mandate and say, this is what we're all going to do, and there is nothing you can do about it. Like, this is what we had. You leave your house, you're going to get arrested for a month or whatever. We'd already be over it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of guys that own restaurants in Fayetteville that, when I went back, were talking like, we should have shut this whole thing down. Instead, of had 50 states doing 50 different
1: things, and then... <clears throat> The same thing with the NCAA. They're here's the not. here's the deal with that where I would disagree with you, Keith. And I, I get what you're saying, but this is a virus, okay? And it started from basically one person and spread to the world. And just because you shut everything down and lock it down and say, okay, we're going to er- eradicate it or whatever, it's still going to come back. It's a virus. It spreads. That's what it does. What are your thoughts well, on that?
3: Well, in that case, you don't do anything at all.
1: Right. I mean, if you look at if you want to look at Florida and California, California was you know has done lockdowns. They've been more stringent than anybody in terms of shutting things down. And you look at Florida, who everybody criticized Florida for opening up too early and um, you know shutting down too late, all of those things. And they're basically in the same boat, aren't they? Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, and again, there is no difference. But for me, let's, let's just get back to the NSA point that they should have just said, here's the schedule, and here's what we're going to do as a conference, or here's what you can do as a conference, and and come out. And if they're, you know, they want to tell, uh, back in the day, people thought this was a joke, but after Mm -hmm. I've hired some kids that were still in school uh, playing sports, and I'd have to have a conversation as an employer with a um, compliance officer at, for example, the University of Arkansas, where they would say, you can't eat them pizza for lunch, if you don't feed everybody else pizza for lunch, and they were worried about like they would get bagels on campus. This is back in the day, but they wouldn't get cream cheese to go with it. Like it was so stupid and they had it down to a molecular level of how much they like cared about what the student was getting If They didn't want any extra benefits. But when it comes to something like this, where it's a major issue and we need somebody to step up and be like, okay, here's what's the NCAA's ruling and guidelines are. They go, you know, conference level kick it down to the conference Mm -hmm. it's the same thing across the board it's like the governor here in arizona is like yeah for school systems the districts can handle it and then the districts are like not prepared at all we have schools starting today i think for some online classes maybe it's wednesday i should Mm -hmm. probably know that but they don't even have a way to take attendance Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know there there's no they don't they don't know how to take attendance on the online classes let me ask
1: you this though do you trust the ncaa to get it right or do you trust (laughs) the sec to get it right yeah, but that's that example. Have, so how does it impact the playoff structure? How does it impact the bowl games? How right. like is it still
3: six games to get to a bowl game or if Arkansas wins three in SEC conference play, that should probably be enough to get a bowl game in my opinion.
1: Yeah, so Taking
3: th- three and seven in conference, that's probably that's a
1: six-win season
3: anytime else and mm-hmm. probably seven.
1: Yeah, so, it, it's it's going to be really convoluted. I don't know how they're going to figure out bowl games if they'll even have bowl games, but again, at the same time, you know, we're what we're less than two months away from the start of the season starting, right? So much can yep. change in two months, and especially five months. I mean, we've been in this thing for five months, and look at how much, you know, how much more we know about it. So as I was saying before, I'm just I'm hopeful that we will, you know, continue to learn more. Therapeutics will be improved. Hopefully by the end of year they got vaccines. But even if you get vaccines, and I've mentioned this several times, my daughter got the flu vaccine, she got the flu still. I get a flu vaccine every year, and I, I haven't gotten it, but I know there are people who still get it. And also there's a large contingency of people who won't even consider getting a vaccine, especially the first iteration of it.
3: I have, as far as the testing is concerned, i I have I don't know why this isn't more of a national story, but here in Arizona, in Maricopa County in Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, you can go down and and they have a limited amount, but you can go and you can like spit in a tube and you can find out within an hour if you mm-hmm. have it or not. I mean, they have they have something here that they don't have anywhere else that for the rapid testing it's not rapid within seventy two hours or twenty four hours. It's like you know that day within right. like,
1: that, you, they're ramping that.
3: if you had it, you know within 15 minutes, and if you don't, right. it's an hour or something like
1: that. They are ramping that up. They're ramping that up. And what I was talking about earlier is what those tests do a good job of is not necessarily telling you over, you know, a 14-day span if you have coronavirus, but telling you if you are, you know, carrying enough viral load to be contagious, which— is important <laughs> obviously so I think the rapid response test that you know 10-15 minutes they cost one to two dollars each I think those are our ticket to really getting schools back open and um and just feeling better about it. I mean take a test before you leave you know for the day even if it's not even if it's only 90 percent accurate or 85 percent accurate you know if you did if you don't test right the, the first day then the next day you're likely to
3: but my biggest frustration on all of this, and we're and I'm kind of somewhere. I'm at a, a school that's kind of in the middle of everything. Like we had, and I don't know how this impacts Arkansas, as from a high school standpoint. But um, I know people are logging in today to listen about the basketball team, and yeah. I'm fired up about that too. But right we're now, get this is my
1: world.
3: This is my world right now. So <laughs> on the high school stuff. So it's like here we 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 pr- had seven practices in June, mm. and like for five of them, we didn't have a football. But there wasn't coronavirus on the football the week after that, so we got to use the football. We're going through that same thing this week. We, we don't have, we can't use the football this week, but next week we'll be able to implement a football and have more than 10 people within 25 yards of each other on a football field when mm-hmm. we're outdoors. So my thing is, there's other districts that never shut down, that we play, that have, have still not, you know, they're, they didn't have different phases in their district. Mm-hmm. And and then there's other schools that we, you know, the majority of our schedule, they never started practicing to begin with. So we have a competitive advantage over some people. And then the other people that we're trying to catch, they they kept on building the entire time. And so we just have this abbreviated window. They're going to extend the season here. We're probably going to start in mid-October. I don't think that's out yet, but – um, so I think we can all kind of catch up, but it's unfair for the teams that didn't get to practice, yeah. and it's, it's the same thing with the conferences, and that's kind of what I look at is like that picture of like you if you if you like categorize all these different people and give them different rules, you're going to have a, a, an advantage for some and a disadvantage for others. Mm-hmm. And I'm just glad Arkansas is in the SEC, so they get kind of the same playing field as everybody else in their
1: conference. Keith, I think but. that this is going to be good for Arkansas and because they're basically going to get their spring practice back. You mm-hmm. know, if they, if they handle it right, and we were talking earlier, you know, they're not going to be able to just do six-day grind uh, six days a week, but probably handle it, you know, maybe three practices a week or four at the max, you know, um, and just kind of ease these guys into things. You basically get another – you basically get the spring that you lost – by bumping the season back to September 26th. I want to transition you over to basketball real quick, though. What do you think about this Joe, uh, Isaiah Joe, deciding to return, and how do you think that impacts uh, basketball? I know everybody's got to be excited about this. I think the biggest news of the
3: offseason was you bring in Curtis Wilkerson. Yeah. So Now (laughs) now you've probably got one of the best dudes in in, uh, recruiting in the state uh, focused on basketball, and so now we're getting a little bit more insight into the team um yeah i i think you know I've, I've read some stuff where they got uh oh god now i'm blinking on his name not justin smith the other transfer the vance jackson running mm-hmm. point forward like kind of taking over we're we're basically going to see like the same type of offense and everything that we saw last year and and we're longer and with better defenders like, it's going to be last year on steroids, but
1: not literally on steroids. <laughs> so I think it's right. interesting. People think that it's like there's going to be 10 people play. Like, you're going to have this 10 and the next 10. But that's not really the way muscleman does it. I mean, there's going to be some really good players, really highly regarded guys that, frankly, just don't get to play a lot.
3: What I'd like to see is, and I know it's a part of the business, but if he's working this hard to turn the roster, hopefully – it's not something, maybe it has to be in the current state of things where he has to do it year in and year out. Hopefully, we can get some people that don't transfer out mm-hmm. and we don't have that attrition on our side because the recruits that we're bringing in, I've heard, you know, KK is like showing out. Like he's yeah. way above, way more advanced than what people originally thought. And then Moses Moody is who we thought he was. And I just, I wish that, <laughs> selfishly, I was kind of not openly rooting that like high school football would be canceled, but kind of because not rooting for it, but like it would be pushed this spring. So I could take this fall off and actually they play a game in Vegas that Mm -hmm. like somebody hit me up about it (laughs) last night uh, or the day before, like, Hey, we're going to get the basketball game in Vegas and it's going to overlap with our season. Whereas before I would have been able to go, I was Mm -hmm. planning on going, but now our schedule is going to be run through December. I'm not going to be able to get out there. And I wanted to hit up some of the football games, too. Um, you know, I, I just think that now we're going to see kind of how our fan base handles success. I don't know
1: if, if and again, like Nolan Richardson famously
3: yeah. said, if you build the monster, you've got to keep feeding the monster. Exactly. And so hopefully if this is like a round of 32 team and they get ousted, not we don't drive off the best coach in the country.
1: I wonder if anybody else had – Brought in more transfers than Arkansas did when you consider football and basketball They had three transfers in basketball. They're bringing in and in football, you know, Jaqueline Crawford I don't know if you count him because he's technically goes on scholarship next year But if you, even if you don't count him Jerry Jacobs Levi Draper Xavier Kelly AJ Reed Felipe Franks I mean and all those guys are expected to to make an impact on the roster and same with basketball And if you consider, I mean, all the sit one guys that are eligible, I mean, it's it's crazy how many, how much transfers has changed just in the last few years. And you know, you bring in a guy like Eric Musselman who's just on top of the game, um, and you can really—I don't—I don't don't know that Musselman will miss an NCAA tournament at Arkansas. I don't think he will. (laughs) <laughs> this, I, I know thinking. i know that's great i know that i know that falls in line with exactly what you're saying like temporary expectation and all that stuff but i mean one of the reasons that i hired a guy like curtis wilkerson is because i and i think everybody else can see what's happening here i mean, I mean they got a great coach and muscleman who's forward thinking and has experience that is the combination you want right there it's hard to find
3: but and i and i know i've been like saying things lightheartedly, but that should be the expectation. I mean, it should. I, it kind of. If I laugh that off, it, it's almost like I side with the people that say, "No, remember your Arkansas. You can't do that." Like, mm. what, what is your expectation? Now, I, I wanted to fight those people on the street, but like, <laughs> so I'm not. I'm, I don't want to become one of them. Uh-huh. But for sure, that should be the expectation: is to make the tournament every year, get to a bowl game at, at minimum in football, and I think we're in, in to be in the College World Series in baseball, and I think we're 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 on our way. Hopefully. You can actually hit on one of these stories you've been telling us for the past decade that the secondary is going to be better. So maybe one
1: of these stories will land, and we can actually have an improved secondary. I think it's going to happen. To, I think it will happen. Us some I, I don't know.
3: <laughs> so how does that change your record prediction this year if we if we uh, go on SEC conference?
1: Well, I still that's that's tough because you don't know the other two opponents. But I still just kind of go and fall in line with the ESPN FPI where, you know, Arkansas has a, basically a 40 to 48% chance of beating uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Missouri, and Tennessee. Those four teams. So if you have basically a 50% chance, then, you know, maybe you add a little homer in there and you say they, they 50-50 it and they get two. And then depending on how the Eastern Division shakes out, maybe they get one of those. Maybe if it's Vanderbilt or um, – you know, they've shown they can compete with Kentucky even with a, you know, a worse coaching staff, which I believe is, is true. And so, I don't know. I still think that two wins are possible. I've, I've said they're going to win an SEC game, but I still think two wins in the SEC are possible and, and possibly three now with this new format. Who knows? It just depends on how they shake it out. Now, if they, they do it like they did, you know, like they did with like my model that I came out with, to, you know, where they would open with LSU and then it would be like three straight road games, then, you know, that could be pretty tough on the psyche.
3: Well, I still keep on pointing back to the fact if you did a blind resume. You say, we have a top 20 offensive coordinator in the country, top 15 defensive coordinator, and a top five recruiter, if not top three recruiter in the country. How does that, like, is that a winning recipe at Arkansas? Like, mm-hmm. again, back to
1: what we were saying with Chad Morris, hopefully it is because what else will work if this doesn't <laughs> like right. that's, yeah, one of these days
3: we're gonna have to get it but
1: well I mean I look anyway. at like look at Ole Miss like look at where they are in recruiting right now I mean they're not just like setting the world on fire are they I haven't heard I haven't heard anything about them at all I haven't paid any attention to it I keep on uh, the 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 thing
3: is with this, and I don't know if you've talked pit to Pittman about like specific strategy on mm-hmm. you know what they're looking to do in this recruiting class. Obviously it's size on the line, speed at the skill positions, but what's interesting to me is how many multiple that all, all the all the guys they're getting can play like two, three, four positions. Yeah. And so you don't know where they're gonna go. It looks like we recruited like six wide receivers, but some could play linebacker. <laughs> you know, yeah. what I mean it's like it's like all over the place and they're all fast as hell, and half of them are from Oklahoma, which is interesting. So, um, and that's going to set up better for next year because Oklahoma is going to have a good class next year. This, yeah. the, the strategy behind how they're building this roster is interesting to me yeah. as well.
1: All right, Keith. But, yeah, it's our first
3: day of practice, so I got to get out and okay. uh, and run the show real fast and uh, teaching fourteen year year olds how to how to run uh Run a no-huddle offense off of three hand signals. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> but right. hey, I, my last thing going out of here, mm-hmm. the surprise player for Arkansas this year. I think everybody's missing the boat. You've touched on him before. It's gonna, it's going to be my- Myron Cunningham. He's gonna be drafted in the first three rounds. Mark, really? All right. right. Yep. Yeah, because he is, he is an NFL, like he's an NFL talent, like with his footwork and everything. Now, if he's added that much weight and he's really playing. Up you know, to 319. That, that above three, yeah. To 320. And with
1: Sam Pittman and Brad Davis, yeah, watch out. It's going right. to be, that's, that's going
3: to be the shocking player this year. All
1: right. You heard it from Keith Grayson there. Appreciate no your about
3: football, man. It's, 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 it's getting closer. So yeah. I'll hold you later, man. See right.
1: you later. All right. That's Keith Grayson. Keith's a fun guy to talk to. Brings, again, a unique perspective on. Razorback athletics and has the high school coach background so interesting conversation there with Keith but just to touch throw back real quick on Ole Miss they just have nine commitments and are ranked 73rd in the country and only three top 500 recruits right now so okay what else do we have I've got a list of top 10 second year Razorbacks top 10 Razorbacks that we could get to, but I'm just going to tell you guys to go check it out at hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. And you can read my top 10 Razorbacks. And also, and again, the top, the second year top 10 Razorbacks, it doesn't include some guys that made the the cut on the first list. And we're going to get to your questions now, but first, one more time, hogsports.com is 50% off for your first year. So if you haven't signed up yet, then go take advantage of this fifty percent off breaks down to a dollar three a week, fifteen cents a day, less than fifteen cents a day. I think four forty three for the entire month. So it's a great time to sign up. Football's about to start kicking in. We got fall camp here starting on August the seventh. It's a good time to sign up, especially with everything that's been going on. Uh, if you like great recruiting coverage, insider Razorback coverage, uh, then we like to say we are the number one source for that. Okay, plenty of ways to watch and listen as well, always available on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already, also available on YouTube. Throw us a thumbs up if you haven't done so there. Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review and available anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Let's get to your questions. If there are any questions. I don't see any questions. Why? <laughs> Let's see here. You guys might have to deal with me for a second here. I don't know why there's not any questions showing up. I guess I had to set the follower deal. Something it's changed up a little bit with. Um, okay, well we don't have any questions because I didn't set the uh, the ability to do it, and I don't even know how to do it right now, to be honest with you. Let me see if I can go into the Facebook page. Just give me a a second, people. No, I don't guess I can. All right, so we don't have any questions, unfortunately. Maybe some will build up now that I've set that. All right, well. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) No questions today. I'll go over my top 10 Razorbacks then. We'll just do second year. I've delayed enough. All right. So this doesn't include, because I had them on my top ten overall, it doesn't include Traylon Burks, Trey Knox, Matteo Soli, or Ricky Stromberg because they are my top ten overall. So these are my second year guys. This is from the 2019 recruiting class basically and guys that transferred last year and had to sit out or, um, you know, the like. So number ten is K.J. Jefferson, six three two forty. I think that he could possibly have a role with this team, even if Felipe Franks, as expected, does start for him. I think that there could be a role for a second quarterback, especially running, you know, KJ's a very powerful runner. Number nine is Devin Bush. I personally think that you could see Devin Bush or would like to see him maybe in the nickel spot. I think he's a little bit bigger body guy, six foot 208, um, that could also take on blockers, play run support, and be quick enough to cover a slot receiver. Versus, you know, Greg Brooks Jr., who's lighter at, at, you know, 177, struggled in that area a little bit last year. I think that Greg Brooks can be a really solid corner for you. So maybe they'll see things the way I do. Number eight is Bo Lemmer. Bo Lemmer, who I project to start on the offensive line this year. Now he's going to be in a battle. There's Luke Jones. There's, um, you know, a couple other guys in the mix there. But I think that Bo Lemmer has a real good shot to start. That guard. Greg Brooks, Jr., number seven. Again, we just talked about him. I think he could push for a starting spot at one of the corner positions or end up at, uh, at nickel or, you know, possibly play somewhere else if Arkansas goes more 3-2-6 against some teams. Number six is Zach Williams. Zach Williams played a lot. There were five freshmen who started for Arkansas last year, and Zach didn't, but he, out of the, the guys who didn't, he probably played the most. Number five is Jalen Catalan. I think he's a projected starter Projected starter for me, probably at free safety. Could also play the middle safety in the 3-2-6. Could also play nickel, I think. I think you could do a lot of things with Jalen Catalan, but let's start him off at free safety. Number four might be a bit of a surprise pick, Marcus Miller, who I have gone out on a limb and projected him to start this season. He's my like surprise starter, but as I've said before, the best-looking defensive tackle on the team is Jonathan Marshall, who's a redshirt senior. The second-best-looking defensive tackle on the team is Marcus Miller, who's a redshirt freshman, 6'5", 300 pounds. Number three is Traylon Smith, running back, transfer from Arizona State. I think he provides a home run threat super quick. You know, Rakeem Boyd has that home run threat obviously also, but to add a guy who's, you know, more of a, a shifty guy, change of pace, guy who loves football, I'm interested to see him. Keith just talked about Myron Cunningham, who's up to 319 pounds right now. He played at about 285, 290 last year, but up to 319 projected starter at left tackle this year. And number one, Hudson Henry. Why is Hudson Henry barely played last year? Because he's going to start this year and really is your guy at tight end. You know, everybody else, Blake Kern, former walk-on, who's a redshirt senior, uh, Blaine Toll, who, um, you know, is just a true freshman, Colin Sutherland is just a true freshman. Those are your tight ends. So Hudson Henry is going to be relied on a lot and targeted a lot, and he's got a lot of talent. So he's my number one guy. Again, not including, you know, Matteo Soli, Traylon Burks, Trey Knox, Ricky Stromberg, not including those guys because they're on the overall list. All right, guys, I'm sorry. I'm all over the place today. I ruined it. Well, anyway, we've gone about 45 minutes anyway, so it's – probably time to go ahead and wrap up the show i want to thank keith grayson for joining us Um, appreciate his insight always and i would have thanked you guys for your questions but facebook changed everything on me and i didn't realize it so for keith grayson this has been trade biddy with hogsports.com a weird ending to the show we'll catch you next time